You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful, and thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots is not only available on all platforms, so make sure to smash that subscribe button, download, and follow wherever you get your podcasts to ensure that you get the latest episode as soon as it's available. But it is also a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Fan Nation. So please reach out to me. Let me know what's on your mind on X at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. While you're out there showing some love to Locked On Patriots social media style, please be sure to follow our account there as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And Pats fans, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the code, all lowercase, NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And Pats fans, a little bit of a change in venue due to personal reasons today, but I am always honored and humbled to have you join me here on Locked On Patriots. And folks, we got a lot of action packed into the agenda today, including the return of Mike's Magnificent Seven. That's right. I'm going to be providing my rankings of the top seven Patriots internal free agents, including what I believe the priority should be, according to the Pat's Brain Trust that won Patriots place in Foxborough, to re-sign this offseason. So make sure to keep it right here, folks, because you are not going to want to miss this. But first... Never let it be said that there is an offseason in the NFL. There's always a lot going on. And today, folks, no exception. Raheem Morris is reportedly set to take the head coaching job of the Atlanta Falcons, meaning that barring any unforeseen circumstances, Bill Belichick will not be coaching in the NFL this season. Who saw this coming? I definitely didn't. And we're going to be talking about that and the ripple effect it may have on the Patriots coaching hires More here tomorrow on Locked On Patriots, so be sure to stay locked in for that. But today's big news from Foxborough, much more unfortunate and much more serious, and that is rookie receiver Kayshawn Boudé arrested in Louisiana after a warrant had been issued for his role in an illegal gaming circle, which stemmed from his time at LSU. Folks, there's still a lot to unravel here and a lot to unpack. Here's what we know. Boudet allegedly created what was deemed to be a fraudulent online gaming account, and that indicated that he was 21 years or older. WAFB in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, was the first to report this, and they also reported that several hundred thousand dollars passed through it during its existence. The problem with all this is that Kayshawn did not turn 21 until May 2023. That was shortly after he was drafted in the sixth round by the Patriots in April's draft. Now, since word of his arrest has become public, the affidavit has provided additional details. Basically, Kayshawn placed over 8,900 wagers from the account, including 17 on college football games, six on LSU football, all before he turned 21. Now, some of those wagers were allegedly placed while he was still a player at LSU in 2022. 
And apparently he was pretty nonchalant in trying to keep his identity or his involvement under wraps. He used the usernames Keishan Butte 7, Keishan Butte 01. Yeah, folks, initial looks at this case are not good. But I will say this, and it's important to remember this, folks. The sources that WAFB used to report did say that Butte never bet against himself and that his actions in LSU games are not in question. Booty turned himself in on felony charges of computer fraud and a misdemeanor count of gaming prohibited for persons under the age of 21. Arrangements have been made for Boudet to be booked, post a $6,000 bond, and then immediately be released from the East Baton Rouge Parish Prison. And apparently this is something that LSU knew about. They were very quick to issue a statement right after word broke of Kayshawn's arrest. And LSU's statement reads as follows. In July 2023, LSU was made aware of allegations regarding a former student athlete's improper conduct related to sports gambling while enrolled at the university. Since then, we have fully cooperated with all relevant authorities involved in the investigation and will continue to do so. We have no evidence that any other student athletes participated in these prohibited activities, and we are grateful for measures that detect and discourage sports gambling related misconduct. And within an hour of this news breaking, the New England Patriots issued a statement of their own, and their message was a little bit more pointed, issued through a team spokesperson, and they said, quote, the New England Patriots are aware that Keishon Butte is cooperating with Louisiana police regarding their investigation into an underage gambling charge while he was a student at Louisiana State University. The spokesperson went on to say, quote, I don't anticipate that we will be providing any additional comments at this time. And of course, last but not least, the NFL also weighed in, provided a more abridged comment, but ultimately with the same sentiment as what the Patriots had to say, saying, quote, we are aware of the matter, but have no further comment at this time. And folks, in as much as we'd like to think that we know the whole story or that we can make inferences on what happened, the truth is we don't. It's way too early to know the entire story, way too early to make judgment calls on what's going to happen to Keishon Booty both on a legal basis and with regard to his playing future with either the Patriots or in the NFL. So until then, let's let the legal proceedings happen on their schedule, and whatever will be, will be. It's unfortunate, definitely not the news the Patriots wanted to hear, but with respect to all parties involved, let's all try to learn more, maybe even a lot more, before we give uninformed opinions on something that I'm sure is a lot more complex than it seems on the surface. Pats fans' legalities are often unpleasant, but there is still a lot of business to be done at the Patriots' front office. And in just a moment, I'm going to reveal the 2024 edition of Mike's Magnificent Seven. That's right, my top seven list is back, consisting of seven internal free agents that the Patriots should prioritize signing in the offseason. And I'll rank them from seven to one. And as always, I'm going to throw in a couple of honorable mentions as well. Part of the fun of doing these is I know you might agree with some of the players on my list, and you're also going to disagree with some that I left off the list. Talking Patriots free agent priorities when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On listeners, passion, drive, and patience is what brings home that winning trophy. You know what? It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. Our good friends over at eBay Motors have everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
from superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Patriots fans, thank you once again for joining me here today on Locked On Patriots, spending part of your daily and weekly coverage of your New England Patriots here on the pod. And folks, it's been an interesting offseason so far, to say the least. Coaches coming and going, air is coming to an end, a lot going on. And there's still a lot of business to be conducted in Foxborough because your New England Patriots face perhaps their most important offseason in over a quarter century. Under the watchful eye of team owner Robert Kraft, Gerard Mayo faces the unenviable task of rebuilding a team that finished 4-13 and last year. They not only missed the playoffs, but they also finished last in both the division and the conference. And I know, based on the way 2023 went, the first urge is to tear it all down and rebuild it from scratch. But even though the team struggled a lot, and they did in 2023, there are still a lot of building blocks on which these Patriots can forge a new foundation. According to our good friend, Miguel Benzon, the Pats cap himself, the Patriots are going to feel just north of $69 million in projected salary cap space. And with that financial windfall comes the pressure of making decisions on filling several positions of need with free agents, both internally and externally. Now, both Gerard Mayo and Robert Kraft have made it clear they're going to be willing to burn some cash to add some talent and to preserve some of the homegrown talent. Now, they may wish to spend at least some of that financial windfall on those that can help bring the Patriots back to respectability in short order. Who better to do that than those who already know how things work here in Foxborough? So of the 24 players on the Patriots roster set to hit free agency, I thought, I thought it was a great opportunity to bring back Mike's Magnificent Seven. My look at seven players that I believe the Patriots would be smart to retain for Gerard Mayo's first year at the helm. So without further ado, let's start with number seven, and that is my guy, Miles Bryant. Yeah, if you're an everydayer here on Locked On Patriots, you've heard me mention this man's name more than just once. And for as much difficulty as the Patriots had in the cornerback room this year, I think Miles emerged as a reliable contributor and even an occasional big-time playmaker, both from the slot and the perimeter. He finished the season with 77 total tackles, seven pass breakups, two forced fumbles, one sack, and an interception. And those numbers may not leap off the page, but when you consider the fact that Miles did it mostly out of position, that's very impressive. Miles is most comfortable when he aligns from the slot, or even when he has to drop back and play the occasional hybrid safety. He was forced into duty on the outside this year, and that was because of the injuries to Christian Gonzalez. Even Jonathan Jones was banged up for a better part of the year. J.C. Jackson was forced to the sidelines throughout the latter part of the season for personal reasons, so a lot was going on there. But whenever the Patriots needed a play to be made, Miles Bryant was there. Yes, there were the occasional missed tackles. Yes, he did get beat on coverage, 
But Wiles is a very good fit for this defensive system. And again, I've said it several times. I know Gerard Mayo is going to make a lot of drastic changes when it comes to offense and special teams, but I don't think he's going to be in a rush to reinvent the wheel defensively. That unit worked very well last year, and Gerard had as much of a hand in that as anyone. So if you're looking at defense, folks, I think Miles Bryant is a guy you want to have in the fold. With that being said, I turn my attention to the offense, which does need some help. And coming in at number six on my list is running back Ezekiel Elliott. And I think Zeke was a key addition to the Patriots' backfield in 2023. He assumed the lead duties for the five final games for the Patriots after Ramondre Stevenson's season-ending ankle injury. We all wish Stevenson the very best. We expect him to make a full recovery, which is great news. But that being said, I thought Elliott performed very well. He led the team in rushing yards with 642. He also led the team in receptions in 51. Think about that for a second. A running back led the team in receptions. I thought Zeke did everything the Patriots needed him to do and then some. And a lot of people expected, myself included, when he was first brought in, that his contributions were going to be most strongly felt inside the 20. That's where he's at his best. But he proved that he could still be a force between the tackles and the open field. And that type of complementary style, along with his being a red zone threat, to me, makes him someone the Patriots should strongly consider keeping around. Now, that may not be easy. I think he's going to find a more lucrative offer outside of New England. In fact, he may find more than one, folks. But his prowess as a blocker and, again, that red zone threat makes him a strong complement to Ramondre Stevenson's running style. Ezekiel Elliott is a positive influence in that locker room. He was a great soldier this year, a joy to cover, and I really hope the Patriots can try to work something out to bring him back. But if they can't, I wish him nothing but the best because, again, he came up big when the Patriots needed him most. Coming in at number five is a fan favorite for a lot of reasons, and all your reasons, folks, are right. Those of you viewing can see on the screen Kendrick Bourne's name has flashed. And, folks, since he joined the Pats, Bourne's versatility has allowed him to wear multiple hats within the team's offense. To me, this is what makes him valuable. Over the course of three seasons here with the Patriots, he's compiled 1,640 yards on 127 catches, 10 of which have gone for touchdowns. And something I don't think he gets enough credit for is being a technically gifted receiver. That technical prowess allows him to win from either alignment. He can either look comfortable in the Z receiver role, or he can occasionally assist in the slot. But when the Patriots have needed him to do it, he can even line up at the X receiver. And if the Pats really want to get creative, he can carry the ball out of the backfield on occasion, both on the jet sweep and on design runs. We all felt terribly for Kendrick when he went down with a torn ACL in week eight against the Miami Dolphins. Tough break, but good news. The Patriots fully expect him to recover. And there are already reports that are bubbling up that both sides are exploring a potential return in 2024. And him being my fifth priority for the Patriots, I think that's a very smart move. So keep a sharp eye on Kendrick Bourne, folks, because I think this one has a chance to be a very impactful signing. And I don't think it precludes them from going after a number one receiver. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to external free agents here in the not-so-distant future. So keep a sharp eye on that, folks, and stay locked into Locked On Patriots. Yeah, we're not even close to being done with evaluating the Patriots' potential offseason moves just yet. But our list rolls right along. And coming in at number four, linebacker Anthony Jennings. 
And that smile, not mine, folks, it definitely belongs to my good friend, Steve Balistrieri, who joined me here earlier in the week. Steve has been one of Jennings' biggest supporters, and this year it finally all came into fruition. In the aftermath of losing Matthew Judon to a torn bicep in week four against the Dallas Cowboys, the Patriots needed someone to step up and be a steady presence in the middle of that defense, and Jennings answered that call and then some. For the first time since Anthony entered the league, he was fully healthy, and he led the team with 14 tackles for loss. When he's at his best, he's a stout run defender, and he continued to get better in that department this year. I thought he did a great job of setting the edge, and he served as a playmaker against the run. But the one thing that I was pleasantly surprised on this year is seeing him emerge into a stout pass rusher as well. I think Anthony has an underrated mix of quickness and change of direction ability. That combined with his power, his instincts, and what I think is his most prominent strength, and that's his toughness and his tenacity, really made him an invaluable part of the Patriots' defense this year. And from what I've heard from both camps, folks, there is still mutual interest in making things happen for Anthony to stay in New England. So again, keep a sharp eye on Anthony Jennings. I think this is one the Patriots may be a little extra motivated to keep in-house. But again, if he does reach unrestricted free agency, that could definitely mean a big payday for him. If it does, he has certainly earned it. Folks, it is nearly time to reveal the top three. And if you're taking a look at the list, I'm sure you can probably deduce who is going to be in this top three. But yes, there were a couple of honorable mentions that almost made the cut. And I mean a razor-thin margin. We're going to discuss that and more when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast wraps up right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on listeners, the NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Patriots fans, thank you once again for joining me here today on Locked On Patriots. Don't forget, our studios are going to be back up and running and open tomorrow. And yeah, you guessed it. We open the weekend style and we're going to close the weekend style with our good friend, Thomas Murphy. And we're going to be talking some external free agents. So folks, if you got a wish list out there, stay tuned for our episode on Friday. So stay locked in, folks, as we continue to bring you coverage of the New England Patriots offseason from every potential angle right here on the Locked On Patriots podcast, your team every day. And before we continue with the top three of Mike's Magnificent Seven, there were some really close calls when it comes to honorable mentions on this list. And we'll start with Mac Wilson Sr., who I thought had a very good season, especially in the second half, really showed off his sideline to sideline speed. And I think he got better as the year went on. If the Patriots can work out a deal to keep him in Foxborough, I think it's a very good move for them and someone that can provide not only reserve depth, but can even give you a spot start at times. So I'm going to be keeping my sharp eye on Mac Wilson as well. And the other player that nearly made my list is a tight end. And yeah, hi, Claire. I know you're going to like this one. 
Pharaoh Brown, who I think was a pleasant surprise, not only for me, but for all of you out there. I was well aware of his blocking prowess heading into this season, but the ability he showed me to break for the big play as a pass catcher, really impressive. I, for one, would love to see Pharaoh Brown stick around in New England for the long haul. And for those of you screaming at the screen of the device you're listening or watching this podcast on today, yes, I am well aware Trent Brown is not on my list. He's conspicuous by his absence. That's not because I think Trent is washed up, folks. Far from it. When he was healthy and engaged, he was solid at left tackle. And I think he still has some good football left in him. The question is, and this is why I left him off the list, folks, is can he mend fences in New England to make it work here? There were clearly some hurt feelings on both sides. What kind of contract is either side willing to settle on? Does the fact that Gerard Mayo call the shots now instead of Bill Belichick hold any water with Trent? These are going to be the details that have to be ironed out. My opinion on the matter is that it's unlikely. I think Trent goes elsewhere. I think he's looking for a fresh start. Maybe the Patriots are as well. But again, this is one to watch in the coming weeks, so keep a sharp eye out. And with that being said, Mike's Magnificent Seven rolls on, and coming in at number three is tight end Hunter Henry. Yeah, that's right. Hello again, Claire. I know she's loving all the tight ends on this list. And look, I've never been shy in saying that I think Hunter Henry is an ideal fit in New England. Despite missing the last three games of the season due to a knee injury, I thought Hunter made the most of his first turn as a team captain. He led all tight ends with 42 catches, 419 yards, and he led the team with six touchdowns. And for years here on Locked On Patriots, even when Hunter was a member of the LA Chargers, I praised him for his versatility, and he showcased that versatility this year. He is most productive when he's playing that traditional Y role at the tight end, accentuating his route running skills as well as his ability to box out. But he's also proven himself to be a strong blocker and a reliable pass catcher in the open field. So because of that, Henry's services are not going to come cheap, but I do know that he has a strong affection for both the region and the organization, and that may allow the Patriots to negotiate a reasonable deal for him to return. And once again, folks, Hunter Henry's teammates love playing alongside him, not just because of his skills, but because of the leadership that he provides by example. Especially if you're looking to break in a new quarterback, you're going to need someone that's proficient in route running blocking, and every type of offensive scheme that the Patriots may need to run. I think he's adaptable to whatever type of scheme they want to run. And because of that, I think the Patriots should make Hunter Henry an off-season priority. Along with this man who comes in at number two, and folks, this should not be a surprise. Again, if you're an everydayer, you've heard me rave about the skills of Kyle Duggar. To me, Kyle Duggar is the type of player that can be imitated, but not duplicated. And that even means from guys on his own team. Much like Hunter Henry, he's been widely praised for his versatility, especially right here on Locked On Patriots. When Duggar was a draft prospect, I not only scouted him as a potential good fit for the Patriots, I also predicted that the Patriots would indeed draft him. Now, I didn't think they'd do it in the second round at number 37 overall, but ultimately, I think he's lived up to that hype. Don't forget, this kid came from Division II Lenoir Ryan, and a lot of people, especially at the national level, believe the Patriots were reaching for his services. But Kyle led all defensive backs with 109 total tackles this season while also breaking up seven passes, getting two interceptions, and one and a half sacks. And Kyle brings an excellent blend of speed, length, and size to New England's backfield, the kind that it's very difficult to try to recreate by bringing in someone else. 
And because you have someone with Kyle's size and savvy in that defensive backfield, that allows you to run a number of different packages, both at the big nickel, which is the five defensive backs, and even running out the dime, which is six defensive backs. That versatility in defensive packages makes him a pretty valuable piece of that secondary. At his best, he's able to cover a lot of ground, and I think he has the tools to match up not just with tight ends, but also backfield receivers in coverage. And these are areas where New England's defense has been porous at times. Since Kyle Duggar's arrival, they've gotten better each and every year. That's not coincidence, folks. That's not by happenstance. That's by design, and it's because Kyle Duggar is so savvy at coverage. He's a good tackler, and he's proven himself capable of making stops in key situations. But I think the most important and impressive aspect of his game is solid and strong football acumen. This is someone who has great instincts and exhibited a deep understanding of the playbook. Bill Belichick often said that Kyle absorbed a lot of the defensive plays that the Patriots ran and their concepts, some of the fastest span of time that anyone has ever done so under his tutelage. Again, I know Bill Belichick's no longer walking through that door, but Gerard Mayo is here, and his guiding hand on that defense definitely knows the value of such a strong player in that secondary. If Kyle Duggar is not a priority, I would be very surprised. I understand he's going to command a lot on the open market. I do understand that Jabril Peppers has emerged. Maybe even the fact that Marte Mapu, who I consider more of a linebacker than a safety, may get some of those looks. But until they're able to find out for sure what they have in Marte and where he's going to fit in the long-term future, I think the Patriots would be smart to work something out with Kyle Duggar. And that leads me quite nicely into the final person on this list today, and that is offensive tackle Michael Wainu. And again, folks, this should not come as a shock. The Patriots' offensive line needs stability, and six foot three, three hundred and fifty pound Michael Wainu is that stability. Because despite the numerous struggles along their offensive line, and folks, there were a lot of them, keeping Wainu in the Foxborough fold is going to be essential in the Patriots moving forward. At only 26 years old, he can be a cornerstone. This year, he appeared in 15 games. He aligned on 850 offensive snaps, 194 at guard, 656 at tackle. And overall, pro football focus graded him at a 71.5, while crediting him with allowing only 23 quarterback disruptions, including three sacks. Bueno didn't have a perfect season, folks. There were times where he was beat, and there were times where he looked mortal. But for the most part... When he's at his best, he is a massive lineman with excellent length and demonstrates a consistent and impressive ability to overwhelm defenders when he blocks for the run. At the same time, his size allows him to anchor well to protect the passer. Such a rare combination, and in my opinion, that's going to make him highly sought after if he hits the open market. So with him manning the right tackle position, the Patriots help to solidify the right side because I think City So has proven himself as a solid addition at right guard. What the Patriots will do to solidify the left side might be a conversation better had at another time. But at the when it comes to Awenu, I think the Patriots need to do whatever they need to do to try to bring him back. I know there are a lot of reports out there that have indicated a pessimistic outlook on the Patriots' willingness to re-sign Mike or their ability to do so. In my opinion, just like it's difficult for a defender to bypass Michael Wainu when they're trying to make a pass block or get after the quarterback, the Patriots have to make it that much more difficult for Michael Wainu to bypass them this offseason. 
If they're serious about rebuilding their offensive line in short order, I think he's essential to do so. I understand that the Patriots are going to be running a new type of offense this year, and that may change their priorities. But don't forget that Awainu is actually a true guard. That's the position he played at Michigan, and he played it well. His versatility and the athleticism that I don't think he gets enough credit for does make him a fit in any offensive line scheme, whether you're running more outside zone or whether you're continuing with the status quo. If the Patriots are going to switch it up on offense, folks, I promise you, I've watched Michael Wayner during practice, greater lateral movement than he's been called upon. He can showcase it. And that's why I think he's so essential to bring back this year for the Patriots, no matter what kind of offensive scheme they run. So there you have it, folks. That's my magnificent seven, my top seven priorities for the Patriots internal free agency. Who did I forget on this list? Did I leave any of your favorites completely off it? Or do you agree with the players on the list? You just prioritize them differently. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So drop me a note in the comments section below on YouTube, or if you're listening on any one of the platforms on which you get your podcasts, definitely be sure to reach out to me on X at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And don't forget to tune in here tomorrow on Locked On Patriots, where we'll be back in the Locked On Patriots studios talking to our good friend Thomas Murphy and delving into the Patriots' options for external free agents. In the meantime, folks, I want to thank each and every one of you, especially all of you everydayers out there that continue to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Once again, I'm Mike DeBate, and I remind you all to stay safe and to stay well and to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow on Locked on Patriots.